We're not actually going to be reading a Pasha Sashavua this coming week. So I decided I would talk about one of the Haftarahs that we're going to read over Pesach. I originally planned to discuss the Haftarah of the Atzamas Hayeveshos, the dry bones in, in Yecheskel that we read on Shabbos Chalamoid, Pesach. But then it occurred to me that there is no Shabbos Chalamoid Pesach, so I don't think we'll actually be reading that this year. So instead, I thought I would talk a little bit about a Haftarah that shares some themes with that one, and that is the Haftarah of the last day of Pesach, that is the Haftarah of, of uh, Od Hayom, Benov Lamod, that the uh, that the that that, that no, sorry not not Odayom, but I, I'm going to speak instead about the about Perikid Aleph and Yeshaya, the Yatzah Choter Migeza Yishai, Benetzim Yisharosh of Yifra, in Pesach and Geula. We'll speak a little bit about uh, speak a little bit about Mashiach, and the the one of the one one of the most famous prokim in Yeshaya. Uh, that uh, one of the most famous prokim in Yeshaya, Perikid Aleph, the story of uh, the, one of the, one of one of Tanakh's main descriptions of Mashiach and Yimosim Mashiach. So the Navi says, "V'yatzachoter There will be a, uh, a scion of uh, of Yishai, and he benachal of Ruach Hashem, Ruach Chachmovina. He'll have a, a he'll have a Ruach of Hashem, a Ruach Chachmovina, wisdom and understanding, Ruach Eitzu Gvura." Council of, of might, Ruach Das, Vyiras Hashem. Vaharicho Biras Hashem. Vaharicho is a very strange word, a very difficult word to translate. Something to do with Yiras Hashem, either from the word Ruach, spirit again, or from the word smell, we'll see soon in the Gemara. Something to do with smelling Yiras Hashem. Vilolamarain of Yishpot, he won't judge superficially by what eyes can see. Vlolomishma Aznav Yochiach, and not from what ears can hear. Vishafat Pitsedak Dalam Vokiachal Anve Aretz, he'll Judge with righteousness, he'll stand up for the rights of the poor and the and the lowly. etc. etc. And then we have some very famous Psukim, Keves, the wolf shall lie with the lamb, and the, the leopard will frolic with the kid, wild dangerous animals and meek domestic animals will all will all hang out together, and a young child will lead them. Ufaravadov, Tirena Yachtov, and a cow, and a, and, a, and a bear, not always the best of friends, will graze pasture together. Yachtov, Yerbetsu, Yaldeh, Yaldehen, Ba'aryeh, Chabakar, Yochel, Teven, and the lion will eat straw like the, like the ox. Vishiyash, Yonek, Alchor, Pasen, and the, a, child will, a child will play on the hole of a, of a Pasen, a dangerous animal, an asp. And Valmuras uh, Tifoni Gamol Yadavhada and a young child will uh, again will, uh, will 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 play near the near the home of this other animal, cockatrice, according to the King James. The of they will not do ill, they will not be destructive. Throughout my holy mountain, Akash Baruch Hu says, because the whole land will be filled with knowledge of Hashem like water covers like water covers the sea. So this is, the, this is a famous depiction of the Messianic era. Everything will be peaceful, the animals will get along in harmony and peace, and, uh, and, 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 and everything will be in a beautiful, idyllic state. Uh, our world now, with all its violence and predation and uh, harm and pain, there will be harmony and uh, coexistence and all the things that we don't have today. Rambam, Rambam famously understands that this is a metaphor this does not mean that animals, that the lion will actually become a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Rambam writes in Hilchus Melachim, where he discusses the Messianic era, do not think, al-yal al-hadas, that in the time of Mashiach, anything will change from an Hagish olam that the world, this is a very famous opinion of the Rambam, that the Messianic era, the world will still run according to the same laws of nature that it runs today. Nothing will be different from an Hagish olam There will be no chidosh from Olam Kamenhago Noheg, the world will run the same way it runs today. When Yeshaya said, when Yeshaya said that the that the wolf will that the wolf will lie with the lamb and the leopard and the kid will frolic together, Mashal Vachida. It's a literary device, it's a, it's an allegory, it's a, it's a parable. Indian Hadavar, what the what the what the Navi really means is that Yisrael will live peacefully with 
with the, with the non-Jewish evildoers who, who in this world cause harm to the Jewish people. They're, they are compared like, like, a, like wolves and like leopards, etc., etc. They'll all, everyone will ret- return to Dasa Emes, everyone will, will return to the, the law of truth, the true religion. They, they will not steal, they will not, uh, they will not cause harm. They'll eat Yochlu Dovra Mutter, Benachas and Yisrael. All the nations will live peacefully and appropriately with Israel. And similarly, everything that sounds uh, fantastic and supernatural about Yimosa Mashiach, they're all Mashalim. And Yimosa Melech Mashiach, we don't know exactly what all the Mashalim mean now, but when Mashiach comes, we'll know what everything is a Mashal for. But, but, but it is all Mashalim. That is what the that is what the that is what the Rambam says. The the Rambam goes on discusses the discusses his understanding of the details of Yimosa Mashiach, and he says that again he warns you that, that we don't know exactly how these things are going to be, that we don't know exactly what's going to happen. We have no certain understanding of what uh, what actually will will transpire. These things were stumates on Nevi'im. The Nevi'im did not explicate them uh, it, it, so clearly. The Chachamim don't have reliable traditions. They just said what they said based on the Psukim. That's why they have disagreements. And all these things, Ram says, the exact details of the eschatology, these are not Iker Badas. It's a fundamental point of religion that God will redeem us. He hasn't forgotten about us, but the exact details of how it will work is, uh, is that, that, that's not Iker. A person shouldn't spend his time on these types of midrashim. He says he shouldn't. He shouldn't uh, be ma'ayin and, and and focus on them, and he shouldn't make these a fundamental part of his service of Hashem of his study. These things do not bring to yira and to ava, and uh, and so on. And that is what the that is what the Rambam says that the that. that that, 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 that's how the Ram understands this. It's all Mashalim. We don't know exactly what it's all a Mashal for, but that's the, that generally speaking, the Ram says most Mashiach will not be fundamentally different from our time in terms of the laws of nature. The world will still operate the way, more or less the way it does today, but it'll be more peaceful. And accordingly, the Ram goes on and he says, the reason the Chachamim wanted Yimos Mashiach is not because they were power hungry, they wanted to rule the whole world, it's not so they can rule over the non-Jews, it's just so they could, it's not so they can eat and party and rejoice. Rather, it's just so they, they will have time, precious time, and be able to focus on Torah and Chachma, and that no one's going to bother them and oppress them and disturb them, and they can study Torah and wisdom and thereby, and thereby gain, a, gain a share in the world to come. In that time, in the most of Mashiach, there will be no famine, no war, no jealousy, no competition. Be, why? Because, not because human nature will change. Human nature is what it is. But all these things, jealousy and competition, are all consequences of scarcity. But later, he's, but in the future, he says, the tova, the good from Hashem, will be mushpa's harbe. There'll be an abundance of good. There'll be, an, there'll be no scarcity. And kolam adanam and suyim ka'afar, delicacies will be uh, readily available, as like dirt. And nobody will, have any, nobody will have to do anything. Nobody will have to engage in any substantial economic activity just to know God, to study theology and religion. And therefore, it's an it's a idyllic messianic time. The Jews will be chacham gedolim. They'll know all the hidden things, and everything will be great. Ki Hashem, as Yeshaya says, the world will be full of uh, the world will be full of deas Hashem, of knowledge of Hashem. Kamayim like water covers the the sea. I remember when I when I was living and learning in Yerushalayim. So one of the one of the standard means of communication. Typical of Yerushalayim, of Haredi Yerushalayim, is the Pashkavilim, the broadsides that were posted on, on signboards, on walls, and also just flyers that would be dumped on the street. Uh, any controversial issue, the people would dump masses of little bulletins, of leaflets all over the street, uh, declaring the author's opinion on whatever hot pressing issue of the day was going on. And they would often begin with screaming, you know, black uh, 80 point headlines, you know, Das Torah. And proceed to declare what the das Torah on this issue was. So I remember once walking through walking through a street in Yerushalayim, covered carpet bombs with these leaflets, all screaming das Torah. And I, I thought to myself, I don't think this is what Yeshaya meant when he says ki malah haaretz deas Hashem kamayim layam machasim. But anyway, 
That's the, the messianic ideal. The world will be full of deus Hashem, like, this, like, the, like the sea, like the water covers the sea. Uh, but the Ramah begins by saying that all these, all these notes, all these things about the, the lion and the, the, the lion and the ox and the wolf and the lamb, all of that is mushal. Ravid, Ravid, of course, Rabbi Avram ibn David, Ravid uh, the, the Baal HaSagos, Ravid the third, the great uh, opponent of the Rambam in the Yad HaZaka, Ravid has something to say here. The Ravid says, you think they're all Mashalim? I don't think so, he says. The Torah says, in Bukhukosa, I think, the Torah says that God says if the Jews do his will, then he's going to eliminate Chayaram and Haaretz. So you see that these promises are literal. These promises will actually, that there actually will not be Chayaram and Haaretz. So it's difficult to understand what the Ravid is asking. Yishai also said that. Yishai also said all the, all the talk about frolicking and gambling with the cockatrice and the asp and the snake and the wolf and the, and the, and the lion and the, lep- and the leopard. Yishai also said that all these things will, will come to pass. And Ram said it's a mushal. So what has Ravid contributed to this discussion by telling us that in Parshish Bukhukosai it also says that there won't be any uh, bad animals? Radvaz points this out. Just like the Rambam says that the Psukim in Yishai are Mashalim, the Rambam would say that this is a mushal as well. So the Merkevah Samishna explains that the, that the Ravid is making a, uh, actually making a trenchant theological point in that the, there is a difference between Chumash, the Pentateuch, and the, the, rest of, the rest of Nach, the rest of the Bible, the rest of Nevi'im and Ksuvim. That in Parshat Baloscha, Hashem famously explains that he has a different form, a qualitatively different form of communication with Moshe Rabbeinu than he does with other Nevi'im, that... Uh, Hashem speaks to Moshe directly, pel, peh, explicitly, without metaphor, without, uh, with, without imagery. He speaks to him directly, like a man speaks to, a, to another man. And therefore, the Ravid is making the theological point that metaphor is a legitimate tool to interpret Nevi'im and Ksuvim, but not things in the Chumash, not things that Moshe Rabbeinu says. There, we are no longer free to interpret, the, to interpret things as metaphor. Not entirely clear if that's really true. The, 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 the Torah does use literary devices here and there. The Torah speaks about Regal Hashem and Af Hashem. The Torah uses anthropomorphisms, which pretty much everyone agrees are, are a form of mushal, a form of uh, a literary device to describe God. The Torah uses other, other non-literal expressions like Aram Gedolos, Vitsuros, Bashamayim, cities reaching the heavens, which again, the Gemara itself tells us is not literal, it's Guzma. Even, even in the Chumash, we, 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 we do believe that not every word is literally true in the, in, in the, same, in the sense of uh, the plainest, simplest meaning of language. So that, that's apparently Machlokis, Rambam, and Ravid. The, 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 Ravid. the Ravid felt that it's one thing to say that Yeshaya engaged in flights of poetry and metaphor and mushal, but to say that Moshe and Bukhukosai, in a, you know, in, in a straightforward narrative, in a straightforward promise, uh, straightforward uh, discussion of brachas and klalos would engage in this type of non-literal uh, poetic language. Ravid feels that's not acceptable. And others say no. Others say Raman felt it did. Raman felt that even that could be a uh, even that could be a metaphor. In terms of how the Raman understood these psukim in general, so the Merkavah's Mishnah goes on and he says that he says, still it's not a cash on the Rambam. Even if the Rambam would agree that, that the Pasuk of Ishbati Chayera is literal, he says, he says that, 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 that that's not an ace, he says. That over there it just means that when the Jews are settled and civilization is stable, it, it's natural for animals to be scared of humans. Animals don't come in, wild animals don't encroach on, on uh, established human civilization that much. Even animals that are strong, they, they, you know, we don't find tigers walking through downtown Silver Spring, because that's not where tigers live. They, they don't live among people. That, that, that's just not what animals do. Even if they're faced or cornered, they'll, they'll, they'll attack a human, but they don't generally, uh, wild animals don't generally wander around in human civilizations. So, so that's what the, so that's what the, that's what the passing means. It means that, that the Israel will be settled and will be civilized and will be, uh, will have a, a sturdy and uh, robust civilization, and then there won't be wild animals, it won't be you know, isolated encampments with a couple people living in tents in the wilderness, it means it'll be a, a solid, robust civilization where there won't be, where, where, where there won't be wild animals. The Radvaz, 
the Radvaz says, and his opinion is, and the correct way to understand the Pesukim in Yeshaya, is that in Eretz Yisrael, it says, B'chal Har God says, this will happen in my holy mountain. In Eretz Yisrael, Hashem's, Hashem's presence is felt, and there, there'll be a, a, a limited local suspension of the normal orders, of the, the normal ways of the animal kingdom, and that's Ishbati Chayram in Eretz as well. But in the rest of the world, Olam Kumen Hagar knowing, so the rest of the world will run more or less as it does at present, but the... But when, when, when the Navi seems to refer to the world as a whole, when Yeshaya seems to refer to the, to the, the, the broader scheme of things, everything will be, uh, will, will be living in harmony. That's a mashal, like lo yisagoyal goycherev, nations won't go to war against each other. So that's, uh, that's a mashal. When the Navi uses his, his terms about the ox and the lion to refer to uh, the whole world, that's something that, 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 that's a mashal that refers to nations living in harmony. But in Eretz Yisrael... It will. It will be kipshuto in Eretz Yisrael. The th- things will things will be fulfilled kipshuto. That Hashem actually will will uh, suspend the the predation of animals in Eretz Yisrael. He says Rambam also didn't say they're definitely a mashal. He says uh, he, Rambam hedges and is circumspect. He says we'll see when Mashiach comes what they actually refer to. As we'll see, the Radvaz is actually echoing comments of the Rambam himself that he makes elsewhere in his in his Igeres Tchias Rambam wrote the, one of his very long essay length, longer than essay length episodes, Mamar Trias Amesim, an essay on Trias Amesim. It was written to defend himself from charges that he did not believe in bodily resuscitation of the dead. In his major halachic writings in the Yad HaZakah, he mentions Trias Amesim very briefly, but he doesn't dwell on it. He spends a lot of time on Olam Haba, a spiritual, non-corporeal, ultimate reward for the soul, but he doesn't really he doesn't really engage in any way with Tchiasim. He does mention it, but he doesn't really spend any time on it. And some of Rambam's opponents believed that he did not actually believe in the bodily resuscitation of the dead. That actually connects to the dry bones of Yecheskel. The, the question is, did that actually happen, or was that a metaphor? Clearly, from the context of the Nevuah, the that Thomas Yuvashus of Yecheskel was a metaphor for the resuscitation of the, the nation of Israel, and even though they were in a terrible state after the Khorban and it was hard to believe they would ever return to being a vibrant nation. But Hashem said, just as these bones, uh, you will prophesy upon them, they will, sinew will be knitted together with sinew, and bone to bone, and they'll get up, people will get up and live again. So too, Hashem says, I, can, I will make the Jewish people live again. At, apparently this is a popular peric in modern Zionist uh, thought. But the, so certainly the overall point of the Navi Nicheskel was a metaphor. What, what, it, it was meant as a metaphor for the resuscitation of the, of the Jewish people. Did it actually happen or not? That actually is a machlokas among the commentaries. Some say it was all a vision, it was all a mushal. Others say it was an actual nes Hashem made. He actually made some people in that valley come back to life. But, it, but, but, but that, that part of the question was, uh, do we believe in Tchias Mason? Rambam says he most emphatically does. He does believe in Tchias Mason. He gave it uh, somewhat uh, very cursory treatment in the Yad HaZakah. When people attacked him and said, you, you don't seem to believe in Tchias Mason, he wrote an outraged, long, long letter uh, declaring that he absolutely does believe in Tchias Mason. He explains why he didn't really focus on it that much in the Yad. But in the course of his, in the course of the letter of the, the Geras Tchias Mason, he discusses in general his approach to allegorical reading of certain sections of Mikra, of certain sections of the Bible. And he explains that it's legitimate. He says it's legitimate to interpret certain passages of the Torah, of, uh, certainly of Nevi'im and Ksuvim, as allegory. He says, people challenged him when he said, keves, when he said in the Yad that the, that the wolf shall lie with the lamb, he said it's a mushal. And people said, how can you say that? People raised eyebrows at him. Says the Rambam, it's not just me. I'm not the first one to say this, he says. Who are his, who are his precedents for this idea, he says? Kadmonim, an earlier, earlier Mepharshim, like who? Rabbi Moshe Gikatila, Ibn Balam, I always find this hilarious that, that the Rambam is defending himself by quoting, uh, by quoting these predecessors of his. They were important, uh, important commentaries in his time, but today the Rambam has, certainly in the, in the Orthodox world, the Rambam has about a thousand times more, uh, more religious authority than they do. But uh, nevertheless, in his time, Rambam felt the need to defend himself by, by, uh, by sitting, on the, sitting on the shoulders of of Moshe, Moshe Gikatila and Ibn Balam, other Mepharshim, he says, 
And so, yeah, I'm not the first one to say that the, that the Navi in, that the Navi in Parakid Aleph and Yeshaya is a mushal. So, Fadvarim Yorel of the Psukim themselves indicate this, because the Psukim end by saying, this section ends by saying, Lo Yereuv, Lo Yashchisu, Bechal Har Kadshi, they will not uh, do ill, they will not cause harm throughout my holy mountain. Ki Deas Hashem. Because the whole world will be filled with knowledge of Hashem. So he says, why will, why will the animals be good? Because they'll have uh, theological enlightenment, he says. Anyone who has seichel, he says, do you really think that the lion today, this is Rambam's uh, sense of humor, he says, kind of scathing sense of humor, he says, do you really think that the lion today is, is violent and is, uh, is a predator because he lacks theology, he says, and then he'll know about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he'll know what he needs to know about Hashem, then he'll decide he has to stop killing sheep, he says, stop killing animals, he'll start being a vegetarian, he says, that's ridiculous, he says. That, 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 that's, not, that's not what lions are. That's not what lions are about. Obviously, if the Torah is saying that things will be different because Hashem, clearly, says the Rambam, we're referring to human beings. Human beings can change their behavior if they have Deus Hashem, if they have an understanding of Hashem and, uh, and what he wants from us. Then he refers, he goes on, he, he, he explains it at, uh, he, explain, he explains it, he goes on about this point in more detail. He says again, this is what we saw under Advaz as well, he says, we've said that these things are mashalim, he says. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not making this my absolute conviction, he says. He says, I don't have a Navu. I, I, I don't have a, a direct line to God who told me that these passages are allegorical, allegorical, he says. He says, we don't have a Kabbalah from the Chachamim, from the Nevi'im, telling us that they're mashal. I thought so, he says, because uh, for reasons that, that I've explained, that I will explain, he says, for, the reason I said it was a mashal is because of a general theological principle, a general philosophical principle I have, which is as follows. He says that my attitude, he says, is very different from that of the masses, of the Hamonam. The Hamonam, even the Anshayat Torah, they like to make things as fantastic, as wonderful, as supernatural, and as paranormal as they possibly can. Everything that goes against reason and goes against the natural order of things is uh, fulfilling to them religiously, he says, and... uh, both things in the past, Midrashim refer to the past, things that will happen in the future. Their, their goal is to make the world as uh, fantastic and as uh, non-rational a place as they can. But my, job, my, my goal, he says, is just the opposite. He says, we try to make things, I and the Maskilim, he says, we try to make things, we, we try to harmonize the, the way the world works with reason and with logic as much as we can. What has to be a miracle, I can see there are miracles in the world, Hashem sometimes makes miracles. When we're forced to say that, that miracles are the exception, not the rule. Every, as much as possible, we try to explain things in the Torah and the world uh, naturalistically. There are a few limited exceptions, those are Nisim, but in general we try to explain things as uh, naturalistically as possible, he says. Therefore, he says that, uh, that these are Mashalim. Rather than saying that the world will, have, will be just full of Nisim and the laws of nature will be changing helter-skelter all over the place, he says, our general doctrine is to say, to the extent that we can, it's to say that things are not Nisim, to say that things are B'derech HaTeva. The truth is that the Rambam is making it sound like this is the, the enlightened position. The, the Talmud itself basically brings Machlokas about this. As all the Mepharshim of the Rambam point out, the Talmud itself brings conflicting opinions, explicitly says it's Machlokas, whether Limosa Mashiach, there'll be Nisim, there'll be wonderful things, like things growing on trees and, and just fantastic, a fantastically uh, improved world. Or on the contrary, Ein Bain there's no difference between this world and Yimosa Mashiach, except for Shibun Malchias, except for the political situation, for the lack of oppression of the Jews, and so on. And the Mepharshim explained, Rambam Paskin like that view. Rambam, Rambam sided with the view that Yimosa Mashiach will not be all that different, will, all, all that uh, fundamentally different from our world. But it seems to be a dispute in the Talmud. The Rambam explains, though, that his entire philosophy, a, a rationalist, a naturalistic Philosophy is much prefers this, this this idea, this approach that there will not be nisim right and left the Mosi Mashiach. The world will be largely the way we know it. Again, Tchias Mason is an ace. He explains in the letter of, in in the Garis Tchias Mason. He explains that it will be an ace. It will be a marvelous ace. That's why he says he actually didn't discuss it that much in the Yad Hazaki. He says, unlike Olam Haba, Olam Haba, the Rambam believed spiritual Olam Haba. Rambam believed based on his scientific understanding of the soul that Olam Haba is a logical consequence of the, na- of the nature of souls. We can explain it, we can understand it, we can prove it, and so on. It's not an ace, it's just normal. That, that, that's just 
the nature of souls. If a soul is on a is cleansed and is on a high level, it'll it'll have alam haba. Tchias amesim is just an ace. He said nothing. There's nothing to say. Hashem will make an ace. There's no logic. There's no there's no proof. Hashem can do whatever he wants. So Hashem will make tchias amesim in the body. So Rambam, based on his philosophy, he felt that alam haba was something that we can discuss intelligently. We can prove. We can explain. Well, Tchias HaMesim is just an ace. It's just something Hashem does. There's no question, there's no answer, there's, no, there's nothing to talk about. It's just an ace, and that's not much to say about it. Again, we have obviously a very different scientific understanding of the soul. We Actually, science doesn't really have a, uh, much of a place for the soul in its understanding of, of uh, animals, including humans. So that, that's, a, that's a separate naughty problem. But the Rambam believed that whatever he was saying was, uh, was all... Most of what he he believed that lar- his his view of religion was largely harmo- was largely harmonizable with science, the science as he understood it, and therefore he says Tchesimesim is one of those exceptions. It's it's a nace, and when it comes to the Pesukim and Yeshaya that talk about how things will be the Moshe Mashiach, so in general he wanted to say that things were naturalistic, things were b'derachateva, and therefore he says as much as possible he explains the the events that will transpire Lasus Lavo the time of Mashiach to be. Things that are that fit within the natural order of the world, the laws of the, the laws of nature of science as we know it, with the exception that the political situation will be different and there'll be more abundance, but all within the within the the laws of physics and biology that we know, and and therefore it was uh, implausible to him that the lion will suddenly become a vegetarian. He says it is possible. Also, he says he says that uh, he, he brings another shot similar to what we saw before and we saw in the, in the other mafarshim. And maybe because they'll, settlements will expand and there'll, there'll be plenty in the world, animals won't be so desperate and, and they, won't, they won't be encroaching on, on human civilization. So he says, Aristotle said this about, Aristotle said in Mitzrayim, in Mitzrayim we don't have so much uh, animals attacking each other because there's apparently a lot of bounty and so on. Or he says it can be a guzma. He says, as we mentioned earlier, Chazal say that the Torah speaks B'derach guzma. The Torah speaks B'losh and Havai. It's the kind of thing, it would, be, it would be presumptuous if we would say that about the Torah, that it speaks using exaggerations and using uh, you know, vain expressions, but that's the Gemara's language. The Torah sometimes uses language which is not uh, to be taken at face value. If it is Kipshuto, he says, if indeed you're going to tell me that the lion and the lamb, literally it means that the lion and the ox and the wolf and the lamb, literally the lion will walk up to the lamb and leave it alone and, and, and chew straw together with it. If you're going to tell me it's literally, says, again, Ram says, I have no, uh, I'm not adamantly convinced that it's a mushal. I, I incline to the view that it's a mushal, but if you're going to tell me it's literally, says, then if, it might be a nace, but if it's a nace, it'll be limited to the harabayas. We saw the advice at Eretz Yisrael, the, the Rambam here says the harabayas. Bechol har kajit. If it's a nace, it's a nace that will be limited to the Harabayas. Hashem will make a special nace that on the Harabayas things will be uh, peaceful. And uh, Chazal, Chazal used language like that. Chazal said, Lo hizik, nachash lo hiziku, nachash In Yerushalayim, that's a little broader than the Harabayas, but in Yerushalayim, snakes and scorpions do not cause harm. So again, it's possible that that's, uh, that's also true, that it's literal. So Rambam has several opinions. Rambam says he, he's inclined to the view, as he wrote in the Yad, that it is a that it's an allegory, it might simply be a guzma, an exaggeration, to mean things will generally be peaceful, it might be a, uh, it might just mean that because of con- changes in society and changes in civilization and the abundance of resources, animals won't be driven as much to, uh, to be violent, and it might be an ace, but if it's an ace, it'll be limited in, limited in geographical scope, limited to the Harabayas or Yerushalayim. So, if Dabar the Ram says, the bottom line is, these are, again, he used similar language in his Yad. He said, these are, these are things which are not fundamental to the, to the dogma of the Torah. You want to believe it, you don't believe in it. He says, it doesn't really matter whether you believe it literally or not literally. He says, a, a, person, a person can wait till Mashiach comes, and then he'll see exactly what was a mushal, what, 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 what will be a nace, and so on. And, uh, and, 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 that, and that is the Rambam's view. Turning to another aspect of this, of, this, of this prophecy of Yeshaya, also where there's considerable controversy over whether, how literally to take this. The, so Yeshaya says that earlier, before he gets into the wolf and the lamb, Yeshaya says, the haricho b'yiras Hashem. Again, haricho is a hard word to translate. Vav hey reish yud ches vav. Haricho b'yiras Hashem, with fear of God. 
and, and as a consequence, he will not judge based on what he sees, he will not judge based on what he hears, he'll be haricho b'yiras Hashem. What on earth does that mean? So the Gemara says that Mashiach, Mashiach will be Mashiach will be morach v'dayim. It says Mashiach will be it's not even clear how to, how to pronounce that word, v'dayim or v'dayim, but the, the simple reading seems to be morach, he will smell, he will sniff, Bidayan, and he will judge. He will judge with his nose. The Gemara brings a story to explain this. Bar Koziva, the famous uh, rebel leader of the, the great Jewish rebellion against the Romans, Bar Koziva, Bar Kochva, it says he was Malach, he, was, he, reigned for, he reigned for two and a half years. He says, he told the Rabbanan, and Amashiach, Amashiach, he said, Amru Leib, Amashiach, Siv, Marach Vidayan, Yeshaya said, Varicha Biyaras Hashem. You have to pass the smell test. Can you do marach v'dayim? Can you judge? Can you discern the truth by smelling things, smelling it out? So nechsi marach v'dayim. Let's see if he can do this. Kivan dechaziud lo marach v'dayim. He failed the smell test. Katlu. They killed him. Who killed him? The Gemara indicates. The simple reading of the Gemara indicates that the Jews killed him. They killed him as a false messiah. Um, I see. I have the Steinzeltz translation here that says the Gentiles killed him. As we'll see, some of Farshim suggest the Gemara means the Gentiles killed him, but he failed the smell test, and so they killed him. What does it mean, Morach V'dayin? What does it mean, he, he smells and he judges? Rashi says, Shemei Riach Ba'adam, he's able to smell a person, V'shofet V'yodeya Mi'achayev. He's able to judge based on that, who's Chayev, of Yishpot. He doesn't need to use eyesight, he doesn't need to use uh, his ears, and still he can judge justly because of his sense of smell. Many other Mepharshim, needless to say, understand. So first of all, some say that the haricho comes from the word ruach, not from the word reach. Some say that the haricho, some of the Mepharshim, Mikra, or Yeshaya, Mitrani, says, Lashen ruachu, ruach, yeres Hashem, he'll have the spirit of Hashem will be on him. So it doesn't mean reach at all, not like the Gemara. Even those who accept the Gemara, that it means that, that, that the word is from the Shoresh of reach, Many Mepharshim explain that it doesn't mean he'll actually judge by smelling. They say it's a mushal. They say, like the Ezra says, that, the, that the, the smell is the most reliable sense. Ears, you can sometimes hear things that are, you can hear phantom noises, the eye can see things that are, that the eye can play tricks on you, optical illusions, but the smell, smell is, uh, smell is uh, infallible. Now, I, I have no idea if this is true, but he says smell is infallible. Smell does not make mistakes. If you smell something, it's actually there. It means that the it means that he that, that he won't use fallible senses to to, to determine the truth. His uh, his 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 yiras Hashem will enable him to uh, zero in on the truth as if he was using his sense of smell. The Radak says that the. Reach is the most delicate of senses, Hargasha Kala. So, so, so we're referring to uh, that Ma'at Havana with, with, with a very delicate and, and a simple, a simple exercise of his intellect, the power of his intellect. He'll be able to discern who's good and who's bad. He won't have to, uh, he won't have to uh, study and, and analyze them carefully because his, his das, like Shlomo HaMelech, will enable him somehow to be able to easily and easily and lightly be able to determine who's telling the truth and who's, uh, and who's not. He brings from his father that, that haricho means diburo, like ruach, but ruach piv, by his speech, that, uh, that his speech will be full of yeras Hashem. So there are a variety of pshatim here, but the, but the Bavli seems to understand that this was an actual test, seemingly like Rashi, it's an actual test that he'll, that he'll use smell to be able to discern the truth. It was a testable proposition, it's a falsifiable hypothesis, can Barkoziva detect the truth by smelling? No, so they killed him. Rameer Halevi Abulafia, the Adrama, he says that the, it doesn't mean smell, it means Ruach HaKodesh. He says it means by Ruach HaKodesh, he won't have to rely on the claims of litigants who lie and witnesses and, and all these things are, you know, can, can obscure the truth. He'll know by Ruach HaKodesh who's Chayev and who's Pater. That he'll have a divine intuition, a divine revelation as to uh, as to as to who's telling as to who's telling the truth and who's not. He actually suggests that the word is not vidayin, not judge, but vadayin, lashin vaday. 
that he'll know for sure, with certainty, based on a, a communication with the divine, what's right and what's wrong. He brings the other pshat as well, that dain means to judge, that, 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 that by Ruach HaKodesh, by Ruach HaKodesh, he'll be able to judge. But in any event, the simple reading of the Gemara is that Bar Koziva, the leader, the rebellion of Betar, he, the, that the, the Chavim may have followed him, were willing to follow him up until the point at which he failed the smell test, he could not be Marach Vidayan, and so they killed him. Rambam does not, the, Rambam does not understand like this. Rambam says, again, going back to Mashiach, he says Mashiach does not have to make any Nisim, Mashiach does not have to violate the laws of nature in any way, just as he, just as he said before, that, that there won't be Nisim in the Messianic era at all, so too, Mashiach himself will not be called upon to perform any miracles. We, we, we can't demand that he show us any miracles. He says, no, Mashiach will be an ordinary leader who will behave in an ordinary, in ordinary, uh, in, in, in an ordinary royal way. As proof of this, he says, Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva was Chacham Gadol, was a great scholar, Mechachmeh Mishnahaya, and he was an armor, he was an armor bearer, he was a sword bearer, an armor bearer of Bar Koziva. The Mepharshim say they don't know where the Ram got this from. There the, 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 the might be statements from Chazal where Rikiva believed in Ben Koziva, but the idea that he was actually his Nose Kalev is, uh, is, uh, is a remarkable claim. But that's what Rambam says. That Rikiva was apparently a, a devout follower of Bar Koziva, and he said he was Melech Mashiach. And he and Kolchach Meidaru, all the Chams thought he was Mashiach. That's, that seems to be a little bit of an exaggeration. The, the Midrash will discuss soon. The Midrash says that there was actually a debate between Rabbi Kiva and others as to whether, uh, as to whether he was uh, Mashiach or not. Rabbi Kiva, when he saw Bar Koziva in Eicha Rabbah, it says when, when Rabbi Kiva saw Bar Koziva, he says, Hainu Malka Mashiach. He was so optimistic, he was so confident in, in, in Ben Koziva's talent and his success and his promise, he said, he's Melech HaMashiach. Rabbi Yochanan said, Rabbi Yochanan ben Turasa said, Akiva, Nope, Mashiach is not here yet. So it wasn't Kol Chachamim, but the Rambam seems to think that Rabbi Kiva's view, I guess Rabbi Kiva is a lot more famous, a lot more prominent than Rabbi Yochanan ben Terasa. So the Rambam feels that the normative view, the dominant view among Chachmei Yisrael, was that Ben Koziva was indeed Melech HaMashiach. And Kol Chachmei Doro thought he was Melech HaMashiach. Ad Shenerag Bavonus. Until, until Ben Koziva was killed, was killed because of sins, his sins, our sins. Once he was killed... No Delahem She'eno, once Ben Koziva was killed, people realized he was not Mashiach. But, says the Ram, they never asked him for a miracle, they never told Ben Koziva, if you're really Mashiach, show us some miracles, because that's how it works. The Torah, Iker Adavra, the Ram says, the Torah gives us its mitzvos, its chukim, its mishpatim, are based, are, are eternal, they're not based, and, and, and we, don't, we don't change things, we, we, don't, we, we don't ask for any, uh, we, we, we don't add, we don't add, or we don't, we, not clear what the Rambam means exactly. We don't change anything in the Torah, but the Rambam says Mashiach does not have to provide any nisim, and that's where Bikiva believed in Ben Koziva until he was killed. Elsewhere in Hilchostanis, the Rambam says that one of the five terrible things that happened on Tishabav is the, the fall in the sack of Betar. Rambam says that there was they had a Melech Gadol. That's a reference to Bar Koziva, that they had a great king, and Dimu Kol Yisrael. He, he doesn't name him here, but he obviously means Ben Koziva. He says Kol Yisrael and Gedolei Achachamim. All of Israel and the great sages thought he was Melech HaMashiach. V'nafal b'yad haromiyim, he fell in the hands of the Romiyim. Not exactly clear when the Raman says V'nafal b'yad haromiyim, who fell in the hands of the who fell in the hands of the of the Romans. The, the translation I was using, Rabbi Elio Tugur's translation, translates it as the city fell to the Romans. Nafal is going back on the city. City is Lashem Nekeva. It probably should have been V'nafla if it's going on the city. Most Mepharshim seem to understand V'nafal b'yad haromiyim means Ben Koziva fell into the hands of the Romiyim. Ben Koziva, this great leader with, with all his great promise, he fell into the hands of the Romans. V'nergu kulam, they were all killed. And that was a terrible tzara equivalent to the Chorban Beis Mekdash itself. So this is Rambam Shita, that they followed Ben Koziva literally to the death until Ben Koziva was killed. He had the support of basically all of Kali Yisrael and all the Chachamim. He was universally believed in Mashiach, including by Rabbi Akiva and the Chachamim, until he was killed. Once he was killed, they realized he was not Mashiach, and that was how that, uh, that, that terrible affair ended. The Ravid again disagrees with Rambam. Ravid says that's, that's what happened. They, they believed he was Mashiach until the death, literally until death do us part, until he was killed by the Romans. That's not what happened, he says. The Gemara says not like that. The Gemara, we've said before, the Gemara says... They tested, he said, Ah, Melech HaMashiach, he was a pretender to being Mashiach. 
The Chanum said, let's test him. Is he Marach Vidan or not? Can he pass the smell test? They killed him. The Chanum themselves turned on him when they realized he was a fraud. They killed him. So, what are you talking about, Rambam? He says that, uh, that, that they believed in him, and, and no Nisim, they believed in him until he died. The Ravid's cash on the Rambam is twofold. First of all, they turned on him before he died. They were the ones who actually killed him. And second, perhaps he means to ask, what do you mean we don't ask him for an ace? We ask him to see if he's Marach Vadan. Rambam says there's no Nisim, there's nothing different from an ordinary king. Yes, there is. The Gemara says, Mashiach has to Marach Vadan. That's a miraculous thing, to be able to sniff out the truth, to have Ruach HaKodesh or smell, smell the truth. And if you can't do that, you're not Mashiach. So what is the Rambam talking about, that we don't ask for an Nisim for Mashiach, that they followed him until he died? That's absolutely not true. It's against the Gemara, the Ravid says. So here again we have the Mepharshim defend the Rambam. So the standard approach is to say that it's Machlokas. Yes, the Gemara itself is not like the Rambam. The Rambam is rejecting this Gemara. The Rambam had other sources who say that they followed Ben Koziva until he died. In Eich, in Eich Rabasi, Midrash Eich Rabba, normally the Bavli is a more authoritative source than Midrash Eicha, but the, in Midrash Eicha it says that they followed, they followed Ben Koziva until he was killed. The implication is he was killed by the Romans. The, 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 language, the language of the Midrash is that uh, the language of the, the language of the of the midrash is that he was punished miyad for, for his for his conduct for his actions. It's an elaborate story over there. Miyad garmu avonos v'nilkeda beitar v'nerag ben koziva because of the sins of uh, ben koziva, beitar was captured, ben koziva was killed, and they brought his head to Andaryanus to the Roman leader. He said, "Who killed him? Who killed this uh, this uh, legendary hero?" So some Guntai, some Roman officer apparently said, I killed him. So he said, let me see it. Uh, let, 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 let me go see the body, the, Andrianus said. Andrianus said. So they brought him and they, they saw the body had a snake around his neck. So he said, oh, you, you cheated. It's not, it's not you, he said. Had God not turned against him first, you never could have uh, overpowered this, uh, this incredible hero. So... The Midrash is pretty clear that it was a combination of the snake plus the Romans, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the, the Jews who killed him for failing the Marach Vadan test. A Roman killed him, but he had help from a snake because Hashem punished him, so Hashem caused the snake to, uh, to topple him, and eventually he was kept, taken by Romans. But it's pretty clear from Midrash Echa that he did not fail any test. He was followed by the Jews until he fell in battle and was, uh, he, he fell in battle to the Romans. So the Kesem Mishnah says, the Rabbi Yosef Kara says, so the Rambam sided with this, uh, with this Midrash Eicha over the Bavli. And the reason for that is because of what we said earlier. The Rambam Shita in general is, he follows, the opinion of, he follows the opinion of Shmuel that there will be no miracles in the time of Mashiach. The only difference will be the political situation will be improved, more favorable to, to us, but in general he says there'll be no Nisim. So the whole idea of Morach Vidoyen, of a miraculous test of Mashiach, all of that is rejected, rejected, according to the Rambam, from the normative view. That's all according to the alternate opinion, that there'll be all kinds of Nisim Limosim Mashiach, stuff growing on trees, and so on. We don't, we don't paskin like that. We paskin, the Rambam's view is that there'll be no Nisim, it'll be normal. Therefore, the Rambam ruled that this narrative of Morach Vidoyen is, uh, is rejected, and we follow instead Midrash Eicha, that he was... Followed until he died, until he fell in battle. Snake, battle, he was followed until he, uh, and followed until he died. The other Mepharshim have other explanations for why, the, for why the Rambam would have rejected this Gemara, but that's the general approach, that the Rambam rejected this Gemara in favor of other approaches, that Ben Koziva was indeed followed to the death, that uh, Rabbi Kiva and others believed he was Mashiach until, uh, believed he was Mashiach until he, uh, until he, uh, until he was killed. At that point, they realized that he was, uh, they realized that he was not Mashiach. I'll just close by mentioning on the subject of Marach Vidan, of actually paskening Shilas, based on uh, paskening Halacha, paskening Dine Torah, based on Ruach HaKodesh, or a sense of smell. So obviously this takes us into, uh, um, into halachically uh, uh, stormy waters, we know that we've discussed in the past, there was a famous rule in Halacha, the, the famous story in Bav Metziah of Tanur Shalach Noi, where the, the rabbis and Rabbi Eliezer had a dispute about a question of ritual, ritual purity and impurity, Tumah and Tara, and Rabbi, Rabbi Eliezer was in the minority, 
and he brought all kinds of nisim to support his view, let the river flow backward, let the tree be uprooted, let the walls of the base midrash lean, finally let a basil come out and say that I'm right, and, he, and all those nisim happened, and Rabbi Yeshua said, doesn't matter, we don't, uh, we don't do halacha based on divine communication. And we did. Moshe got us the Torah from Sinai. But once that happened, at this point, the Torah is no longer in heaven. At this point, it was given to the Chachme Yisrael to do Torah as best as they can with their human faculties. So the, 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 there's tremendous discussion about, can you really paskin based on Ruach HaKodesh? If, if you have Ruach HaKodesh about a... Uh, that a certain piece of meat is kosher or treif, or that one litigant is right or wrong, can you really resolve a question like that? This is actually a, uh, a remarkable chuva on this topic in the Sefer Yad Elio, Rebbe Yor Regoler, a couple of centuries ago. He says, Uvda I heard a story, he says, about an ish chassid gadol mefursim, a great, renowned chassid, not sure if he means literally a chassid or a pious person, what we would call chassid, what they used to call chassid, that there was a certain story, he says, that there was an oaf trefa, a non-kosher bird, a bird that had a condition that made it a trefa. It got mixed up with kshiris, and they didn't know which was which. The halacha would have been, they would have had to ask for all of them. And this, this chassid was able to identify, claimed to be able to identify the trefa by Ruach HaKodesh. He could say that, uh, not that he actually talked to God, but apparently he could sense the aura of the tumma on the trefa and said, this one feels tame, this is the trefa, and the other ones are kosher. And he, and he allowed people to eat the other birds based on his perception of Ruach HaKodesh. Rebilio Ragoler in his Sefer says, Tzarchi and Rav Bezeb. And he starts discussing, can you really paskin Shilas based on your perceptions of spiritual auras? He says that, on the one hand, it says, Ein mashkichin babaskal. We don't follow baskals. That's not, that's not dispositive, he says, because that means when there's a machlokis, when Chachamim are both saying things, we can't, uh, we can't dis- discard any shita of Chachamim based on a baskel. But kosher and treif, no, no Chachma has any opinion, it's just a question, we, we lost track of which was which. Maybe you could rely on a baskel. Then he goes back and forth, he goes, he, he goes on uh, all kinds of arguments, for or against, this basic question of whether it's possible to resolve a halachic question based on supernatural faculties, he brings the Pasuk in Ben Avramavinu that uh, when Avimelech took Sarah, Hashem said, return him because he's a Navi. Midrash says, what do you mean because he's a Navi? It means that, uh, that, even though, that even if Avram had the status of a Kohen, a Kohen would be austere to be with his wife, even if she was molested by, uh, raped against, uh, without her consent, he's a Navi, he'll know that you didn't touch her. The implication is that Halacha could be resolved by Navua. Again, it's Midrashim, it's hard to know... Uh, not necessarily a proof, he says, for, um, not necessarily a proof, he says, it's, uh, there, there, there are other reasons why, why, why she was Mutaris Tavram over there. Anyway, he goes back and forth, he goes back and forth on this question, whether it's really possible to establish halacha, even to establish realia, for halachic purposes, based on divine revelation. So I don't know, the Gemara says, Marach Vedan, the Gemara seems to say that Mashiach will be able to decide who's Tzedek and who's, uh, who's the Tzedek and who's the Russia based on Morach Vedan, which certainly sounds like some kind of, some kind of supernatural, uh, supernatural faculty. But uh, again, it's a, we've discussed this in more detail in the past. It's a, uh, it, it, it's a great debate. But Morach Vedan, Rambam says, we don't pass like this Gemara because this Gemara is based on the idea that, 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 perhaps because this Gemara is based on the idea that miracles will occur in the Messianic era and the Rambam Paskins, they won't. But be that as it may, this is a, there is a Gemara that says Mashiach will, will resolve matters based on Marach Vidan, and, the, and the, the, although the Rambam doesn't seem to accept the Gemara. I'll just mention again, the, the question of using divine revelation to resolve Halacha is, uh, is a big topic. I'm not going to get into too much detail here, but I'll, I'll just mention briefly one of my favorite uh, discussions of the matter is by in the Sefer Dvar Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua Menachem Ehrenberg a great Talmud Chacham, a Ger Chassid, and a member of the Rabbanut in, uh, in, um, in Eretz Yisrael 50 years ago. So he, he has a tshuva. He was appalled. He was just completely appalled at, at the position of a certain other Talmud Chacham who he refuses to name. He's so angry at him. This other Rav said that a Kohen is allowed to go to visit all the graves of the, that, that, we, that, that our tradition identifies as Chagai and Malachi and Davram and, and, and all kinds of biblical personages. 
that Tanaim and Amoraim, Rabbi Tarfun, Rabbi Kiva, the Rambam, that, that, or some of these at least, he says that Kohanim are allowed to go there, even though they're graves. Why? Because who told us that people are buried here? We don't have actual traditions that go back to Talmudic times. Darizel, when the when Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, when he came to when, when he came to Eretz Yisrael, he identified by Ruach Hakodesh by divine revelation where these great uh, figures from our our storied history were buried, and the tradition goes back to him. But it all comes from him. Where did he get it from? He got it from divine revelation. Torah Labashemayimi. So it's as a matter of halacha, we don't have to place any, any stock. Halacha is not established based on the Arizal's revelations, and therefore Kohanim can feel free to go there if they wish. Rav Ehrenberg was appalled. He, he felt he was cast, that this Rav was casting aspersions on the veracity of the Arizal. It doesn't sound like he actually was. It sounds like this Rav was just taking a very postmodern attitude that we believe the Arizal as a matter of fact, but as a matter of halacha, halacha has its own rules, its own methods of establishing the truth, even if we personally believe the Arizal, but halacha is not based on what we personally believe. Halacha has rules of evidence, rules of procedure, and insofar as Torah that you don't establish halacha, neither l'chomra nor l'kula. You, you, can't figure, you, you can't be matir or taruvis of chickens based on Ruach HaKodesh, this is the tray for one of those are kosher. You can't decide that Achia uh, HaShiloni is buried here based on Ruach HaKodesh either. But the Rav Ehrenberg thought that, that was impossible, that insofar as we, we, we believe the Arizal, it doesn't make any sense at all to allow a Kohen to go there. He has all kinds of arguments for why he thinks it has to be the case. We're not going to get into it. But Rav Ehrenberg felt very, very strongly that since we believe the Arizal, a Kohen can absolutely not go there. But on the other hand, the argument to this Rav is, uh, on paper at least, makes a lot of sense. If, insofar as we take the position that when, when we're establishing halacha, we don't pay attention to divine revelation, we establish, we establish the halacha only based on what humans can ascertain, based on the laws of Edus and Chazaka and Rove, the procedures that the Torah gives us, and based on human logic, and we don't take into account baskals. So it seems to make a certain amount of sense to say that even if Darizal told us things from his great Kedusha, from his great, uh, from his great spiritual closeness to God, it, it, you can, it seems you can make the case that that would not have any impact on the halacha. And the halacha... We don't establish Asura uh, Mutter based on things that come from Giluim. Although, again, Argamar says, Mashiach will be Marach Vidan. It's not clear what that means, and it's not clear if that's normative. As we've seen, Rambam seems to, seems to reject this Gemara.